Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. We love to help you, our content creator friends, with actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and gain trust as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelley and Toby live every Thursday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm your host, Shelley Carney. Toby is out today gathering media for one of our other channels and doing a sales call. So I'm going to be going solo on this interview with our very special guest, Kevin Palmieri. He is a CFO, founder, and co-host of Next Level University, a global top 100 self-improvement podcast with more than 1,000 episodes, reaching over half a million people in more than 125 countries. Wow. (laughs) Welcome, Kevin. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so very much. Riding solo, and I'm sure we'll do just fine. So thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about Uh, your background. How did you get into podcasting and becoming a podcast coach? And tell us your story. Yeah, I think much like many other people, it just kind of happened accidentally. I never planned on being a podcaster. That was never in the in the cards for me or in the plans. So it goes back to when I was in my mid 20s. When I was 25, I had quote unquote, everything that you could ever want. I had a sports car, I had a high paying job. My girlfriend was a model. I was in the best shape of my life because I had just done a bodybuilding show. By all outside standards, I was living the dream. But truthfully, I was pretty I was pretty insecure. I was definitely anxious. I was definitely dealing with some depression. And my girlfriend at the time ended up leaving me. And when she left me, I said to myself, all right, you know what? Something happened here. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to go make as much money as possible because I think that'll fix all my problems. So <laughs> it be- always does. <laughs> right, right. How many of us have fallen into that? So the beginning of the next year, I get a promotion. So at my company, I did what's called weatherization. So our job was to go into buildings, usually state-owned buildings, especially schools, and make them more energy efficient. The beautiful part is since we work for the government and state, I got anywhere from 60 to $120 an hour. So a 25, 26 year old man with no college degree, that's really good money. I got a promotion to a foreman, which means I start the job, I run the job, and I am on the job from the first day to the last day. Now, the issue becomes most of our work was on the road. We did a lot of traveling. So if you fast forward to the end of that year, I had been on the road for 10 months out of the 12 months. Every single week I was living in hotels in different states, different counties, different towns. But that was in alignment with me making as much money as possible, quote unquote, fixing my problems. So I got to the end of that year and I opened my final pay stub of the year and I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. But it was this very short-lived emotional roller coaster of awesome, that's great, And then it just kind of fell down to, okay, but nothing changed. I'm still insecure. I still lack confidence. I still don't feel like I have a purpose. I feel like I just wasted a year of my life. And I thought to myself, for this year, for the last year, and for most of my life, I've lived unconsciously. 
what's the opposite of unconscious, hyperconscious? I want to live that way. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. And that was the very beginning for me, just interviewing friends and just having deep conversations about fears and about what people wanted out of life and relationships. And in the beginning, it was just a passion project. But since I didn't care about my job anymore, because I didn't want to go travel and make more money, and I was so burnt out, and I had this new podcast thing that was interesting, I started calling out of work, I'd show up late, I'd leave the job site early. I was just so far past burnt out, where I was staying up for days on end, and it just wasn't sustainable, but I didn't know what else to do. So it got to the point where I was in a hotel room in New Jersey, which is like six hours from where I lived, it was probably 5.15 in the morning. My alarm clock went off. I sat up. I slid to the edge of the bed. And this was not a nice hotel. These were very sketchy, gross hotels. And I was lacing up my work boots. And Shelly, the best way to explain it is there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one was on a different station. One was saying, you're stuck here forever. One was saying, you'll never make this kind of money again. If you do leave, what will your friends think? If you do leave, what will your family think? And if you do leave, are you going to go start a podcast, like a successful podcast company? How is that going to work? In that moment, I felt like if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. And I had this just very dark pressure, just a lot of hopelessness, a lot of helplessness, and just fear. I ended up sending a message to my friend, who is now my business partner, explaining the situation. And he said, Kev, so much has changed for you over the last couple of years, especially your awareness, but your environments have stayed the same. I think it's time for you to change your environments. So three or four months later, I ended up leaving my job and then really getting into my, the second half of my life where I became a very, very, very broke entrepreneur for the next few years trying to figure it all out. And we did figure it out and we continue to figure it out. But that was the journey. There, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of uncertainty. We definitely didn't go from starting a podcast to 1,100 episodes. There was a lot of lessons uh, in between there for sure. Well, that's a fascinating story. Um, Thank you. So many people, and, and this is a weird statistic, but half of all podcasts out there have three or less episodes. Yep. People think, oh, I'll start a podcast. That looks easy. And then they get into it, and it's not easy. It's mm -hmm. harder to come up with. Uh, content than they had thought it would be. And uh, they have a lot of difficulty getting past three episodes. Yeah. What happened that you weren't a content creator? You were a hardworking, uh, you know, Joe, and mm -hmm. suddenly you decided, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. How come it? you could stay with it? You stuck with it for so long, that over a thousand episodes. What was different about you that made you stick with it? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and one that I've actually struggled to answer in the past, but now I think I have an understanding. So in the beginning, I wasn't as consistent as I should have been. And that's just full honesty. When I partnered up with somebody else, we never missed an episode since. So I think we partnered up with episode number 17. And it was like, all right, we're going to do this together and we're never going to miss. And then we've done a thousand whatever since and we've never missed. Couple things. One public accountability. We have built ourselves as the brand that will never miss. So the, the, the pressure that is associated with that, also the public accountability makes me show up when I don't want to. That's part number one. But this is the analogy I use. We all know somebody who always finds the gym. 
if they're traveling, they find the gym. If their work schedule changes, they find the gym. If they, you know, if it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or a holiday, they find the gym. They are in their identity, the type of person that doesn't miss workouts. That's what we are when it comes to podcasting. We're the type of people who will never miss the podcast. So what we did early is we changed our identity from we're just a couple bros trying to podcast to we are two professional podcasters who will never miss no matter what. And then the last part is it's not about me. It's about the audience. We do seven episodes a week for the audience. I mean, I didn't wake up and say, I want to do an episode every day like that. It's a lot. But I also realized that if we can add more value to our audience, they'll always keep coming back. And I feel a responsibility to do that at this point. I really do. So it's a mix of a lot of things, but I really think it's, I identify as the type of person who will never miss a podcast episode. And I wear that proudly. So I don't want to lose that. I hear you. Uh, so I'm hearing two things from you. One is you ad adopted that identity. I am a podcaster. Mm. That is who I am. And you had a partner. Yes. And from what I'm hearing, you were a coach for each other. Um, you told each other the truths about here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I think you need to go. Here's the direction I would suggest for you. And that you were supportive of each other as mm. you grew uh, as human beings. So yes. these are things that I find especially important as well. And I've, uh, I've done the same thing. Toby and I have been partners since uh, 2012 and uh, we've grown together. We coach each other when we're going through difficult times. We're always the person that the other one calls and, and, you know, to get that coaching, that, mm -hmm. uh, that support. Um, I think that's super important for every entrepreneur and every podcaster, every content creator that you have somebody in your life who coaches you, keeps you accountable and keeps you motivated to keep going. Um, I just did a podcast with uh, my friend, Jen McFarlane, and we talked about keep going. Don't give up. We're like, there's no shortcuts. There's no magic beans. That only magic bean is keep going and don't yeah. give up. I so I, I find your story uh, true to life, uh, true for me, as well as uh, most entrepreneurs I know who, who have stuck it out. Yeah. So uh, tell us more about why is consistency so important? One of the, it, it's interesting, the analogy I always use for this is, I don't know about you, Shelly, but if I tried to do the splits right now, things would most likely go horribly wrong for me. I don't think it would be a positive experience. But if I practice the splits every single day for the next 365 days, I'm willing to bet I'd be able to do the splits by this time next year. But if you think about it, if I only did it five days a week, it either may not happen or it will take a percentage longer. If I only do it three days a week, it definitely may not happen ever. If I only do it once a week, most likely I will see almost no change. The importance of consistency, one, is not only are you going to ignite the power of the compound effect, aka you're going to build momentum and get results easier in the long run than you would if you only did it when you felt like it. But the thing is, you learn things along the way that you never know you needed to know until you get to that next step. So you might do five episodes and say, you know what? That's not for me. But what you don't know is you just learned a lesson in the fifth episode that you're going to you're going to use in the 10th episode. 
And in the 10th episode, you're going to, you know, you'll learn one that you'll use forever. So yeah, it's not only will you learn more about what you're doing in yourself, but you really can't win without consistency. You, you can't because you can't build up momentum. You won't learn enough about what you're doing. And honestly, here's the other thing. If you're trying to build an audience, your audience will go to where the value is. And if you're not consistently there with value, they're going to go find somebody else. My wife and I were on vacation and we went to this, this restaurant. Restaurant was closed because something had happened. Number one, I did not get to experience that restaurant. Number two, next time I go there, I'm probably not going to experience it because I, it wasn't there last time. Number three, we had to find a replacement for that restaurant. That's probably the one I'll visit next time. The one that's consistently there for you is probably the one that you're going to go to. So that's a whole nother part of it too. Yeah. Uh, I myself preach consistency. I love it. I love <laughs> so it. So we're simpatico on all of these mm -hmm. things. Uh, consistency does build momentum and it helps you to add on newer people that maybe wouldn't have heard you on day one, but they yeah. hear you on day 100 yeah. uh, because you were consistent. Give us a little bit more about your journey uh, with your podcast and some of the things that you've learned along the way as you've been consistent in podcasting every day. Mm -hmm. And um, what's that like? And in, in what, yeah, what kind of lessons have you learned that you can share with other people who want to do this too? Yeah, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is probably, I believe this journey of success is a mix of doing what's hard and necessary and doing what your intuition tells you to do. I think it's a mix of those two where I don't always want to show up. We recorded an episode last night at 9.30 p.m. After like a 12 hour, 13 hour day, I told Alan, and I said this on the podcast, I said, I don't want to be here right now. I'm just going to be honest, but it's important to me that I am here. What I have learned is success. It's okay. If it is hard, I believe that there's two types of people. I think there's people who take pride in telling you how easy it was for them. And there's people who take pride in how much they've accomplished through adversity. And I think understanding what you're looking for and what you're expecting are really going to determine how far you make it in this journey. I expected it to be a challenge. So when challenges arise, which they naturally will, I'm not necessarily surprised. So I think that's an important thing that I've learned. The other thing that I've learned is many people start the sexy thing. So you said this in the, in the very beginning, the barrier to entry with podcasting is really low. I mean, you can literally just jump on Zoom and record yourself talking. You got yourself a podcast. But with the barrier to entry being lower, the failure rate is also higher because of that. So you really have to tap into why you're doing this. I often say that people have their P's in the wrong order. They start something from a place of profitability and they try to convince themselves that they're passionate about it. When if you start something from a place of passion, you'll learn to swim long enough where you can actually make it profitable. That's one thing that I've seen a lot. And then I would say the last thing is, I think people drastically underestimate the value of one human. Whether that's an ambassador in your business, it's a viewer on your YouTube channel, it's a listener to your podcast, it's one customer. One person is 100% more than you had yesterday. If you're just starting out, 
And a classroom of 15 people, if that's your audience, imagine giving a speech to 15 people. I mean, that's a good amount of people. So if you treat each person like a person, I think you'll get way further because you're adding value. Real, authentic relationships with real people, I think that's the key to, to long-term success. So I have this question for you because today's title of our show is to get to next level success without struggle. But mm. it sounded like to me what you just said was some things are pretty hard. Yeah. So how are we doing this thing without struggle? I don't know that you, so I think that there's a couple thoughts when it comes to this. I believe that we have a misunderstanding of what struggling is. I think that a lot of people assume that it should be easy. I think if you're doing something that you love, and it's something that fulfills you, doing a difficult thing that fulfills you, I think will always be easier than doing something completely out of alignment. That's, so I guess if I was gonna say without struggle, it would mean more within more alignment. I think that's a good way to put it. Growth requires resistance. If you go to the gym and you lift the same amount of weight every time and you just do the same thing, you're not gonna grow. Right? It's, that's just not the way it works. I think growth requires resistance. And I think by definition, if you're trying to grow, you'll always be pushing some sort of limit, which I think is important. I think it's important for self-trust. I think it's important for fulfillment. I think it's important for self-worth and self-belief and the relationship we have with ourselves. So I think that if you go into it understanding that, look, there will be hard times, there will be some struggle. I think if you can make friends with it, you'll appreciate it more. I really do. So what are some of the struggles that you've had that have helped you grow the most? Yeah, early in my journey, when we first trans, so when I left my job and I started this, we didn't make any money for like two years. So the biggest struggle I had was financially in the very beginning, there were two years in a row where I couldn't buy my girlfriend Christmas presents. When we moved in together, she had to pay the rent for me for several months. My car, like the brakes were, were done and there was like a hole in my engine and I couldn't get it fixed. So I just kept driving it. It would stall at red lights. It was like any sad scene from a movie. That was my car basically. And I think it got to the point where one of my credit cards was overdue and it got like sent to collections. And that was kind of my life for the first two years, maybe two and a half years of this journey. That was the hardest thing for me. And then I would say really understanding my limiting beliefs and, and thinking like, I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. I could never be the type of person that's a, a successful business owner. I could never be blank. I could never be blank. Overcoming those limiting beliefs has been one of the hardest things in the world because those are the things that follow you around everywhere, right? Like people, people see you on stage or they see you doing an interview. What they don't realize is usually I have to talk myself up to doing that. I'm like, all right, you've done this before. It's going to be fine. What's the worst case scenario. So I would say financially, that was one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with. And then really understanding my own insecurities, where I was holding myself back, a lot of the difficult mirrors that you face as an entrepreneur, as a content creator, as a business owner, there's a lot of mirrors that you might not want to look in that are required. 
I was waiting for an example of a oh, mirror he didn't want yeah, to look into. Uh, yeah, I, I, there was a, a time where we were, uh, my business partner and I were at an event that we were co-hosting with one of our friends. And every time we would go from talking about podcasting or speaking to business, I would shell up. Like almost like want to leave the room. And I said, okay, what's that about? And I noticed it happening more and more and more and more. My insecurity around lack of knowledge manifests as me just shutting down and turtling up and closing off and being quiet and feeling terrible about myself and hurting my own self-worth. That was a very challenging mirror to realize that anytime I'm uncomfortable, I shell up. I go into my turtle shell and I wait until I feel comfortable to come back out. That was a very challenging thing to, to realize because then you connect the dots and you say, okay, well, how often have I done that in my past? And like, what results has that gotten me? So yeah, that's, that's an example of, of what that looked like. And it was a very, a, a very challenging thing to face. But when you become aware of something like that, at least you can understand when it's happening. And then while you work on it, you realize what to do in order to stop it. A lot of entrepreneurs, you know, especially the ones we're speaking to, they've had a, had a career and now they want to start a, you know, an entrepreneurial business doing something that maybe they've had in the back of their mind for a long time that they wanted to try. Um, but they waited until they retired from their first career to, and, and now they're looking at it. Um, as a young man who made a hundred thousand dollars in one year, and then the next two years didn't make any money. How did you stick with your business rather than say, oh, I'm just going to go back and get another job? Yeah. Again, I think one of the things is you have to be very, very careful about what you tell the people that you care about because those kind of become packs that you make with yourself and the people around you. I left my job and I remember I went to, I went to see my mom and my grandmother. I was raised by my mom and my grandmother and my grandmother said, so number one, why did you do this? This is terrible. And number two, when are you going, when are you going to go get another job? And I told my grandmother, I said, I will never punch another time clock in my life ever. I will figure it out. I will do whatever it takes to do this. I can't go back. I know that's not for me. I know that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And here's a little background, Shelly. I've quit probably like 75% of my jobs without having a backup plan. So for me, at one point, it's like, okay, maybe this is happening for a reason. You keep quitting these jobs. Maybe you're not looking for the perfect job. Maybe you need to figure out what you should actually be doing. So I think it was that. It was the fact that the public accountability for it, but it was also the fact that and this is the interesting thing. I was walking around my kitchen one day and I remember thinking to myself, I am single as can be with no prospect of love. Our podcast is nobody's listening. There's very few people listening. We had a, we had a nice small community, which I valued, but there wasn't a lot of listeners. And I quite literally have the least amount of money I've ever had in my entire life. But I finally actually felt good about myself and I was proud of what I was doing in the world. That's why I didn't stop because for the first time in my life, I was actually fulfilled. I was chasing happiness before. If this happens, I will feel good. When that moment in the kitchen happened, I realized that, oh, this part of the journey, although it's terrible and it sucks, it's also very fulfilling. I'm actually tapping into what true fulfillment based on a passion, a purpose, a mission feels like. And I knew I would never get that if I went back to a job. 
I knew that. I knew at a deep level that I've never felt this feeling before, and there's no way I'm going to replicate it by trying to accomplish somebody else's dream. So that was when I was really hooked, and it was, it was very much, okay, I've gotten a little bit of this feeling. I will do whatever it takes to keep this. And early on, Shelly, I remember it was, I just have to make enough money to get to the end of the month. I just have to make enough money to get to the end of next month. And I was quite literally just focused on the next 30 days, the next 30 days, because I was afraid one day I would wake up and all this would be gone in the beginning. I was terrified of that. So what was it that uh, finally clicked that started bringing money in? Uh, I got to the point where I couldn't put any more money on credit cards. That was, that was really what clicked as I ran out of capital completely. I had a conversation with Alan. And I said, hey, I need to start making money. What do we do? And he said, well, we're a self-improvement podcast. Why don't we coach people for self-improvement? I mean, people are listening to the show for self-improvement. We can help them at a deeper level. And I said, well, I'm not a coach. I've never coached before. I don't know what to do. So in the beginning, I, I messaged some of the, the warmest listeners we had. And back then people were sharing stuff on social a lot more. So it was really easy to recognize your audience. And there was a young lady named Jenna. I messaged Jenna and I said, Jenna, I've never done coaching before, but I'm going to start doing coaching. Uh, it's going to be completely free to start because I just want to see if it's something I enjoy. Are you interested? And she said, it's free. Yeah, sure. Like, let's do it. All right, cool. So I coached Jenna for a couple months for two months. And then I started to pick up some other free clients as well, just messaging them, offering free coaching. And after the, the couple months, I would send a message and I would say, hey, I can't do this for free anymore because my schedule is actually starting to fill up, which is nice. What do you think of $50 a week, $50 a call? And everybody said yes. So I went from $0 a week to probably $300 a week. And that's how this first started for me. And that was enough of proof of concept where we don't have that many listens. So the fact that we can make you know even a couple hundred dollars a week that's proof of concept. And from that point, we really just leaned into making sure that we were serving our community to the best of our ability based on one-on-one -on -one conversations, value add, building relationships. That's how it started for us. So what are some of the things that you talk about on your podcast that uh, maybe you've gotten the most feedback on that's the more listens, uh, what's some of the more popular topics that seem to be most helpful for people. Mm. So we, this might come to a, come as a surprise. Our target target demographic, our audience is women or humans who identify as women uh, as a tattooed bodybuilder. That was never my expectation. So even speaking to this point, we under, understand our audience their issues, their problems, and the buzzwords that they click on very well. So that's a good thing for everybody out there to think about how well do you know your audience, to Shelly's point. Anything about relationships does really, really well because I think at a deep level, most people want to better their relationships. They're afraid to say that and they don't necessarily know where to look. That always does really well. Anytime we talk about consistency, those episodes do really well because that's a struggle that people have. Anytime we talk about community and not necessarily intimate relationships, but the people that you surround yourself with, those episodes do really well. And I think it's because we're willing to say things that are somewhat difficult to talk about, but our brand is heart driven, but no BS. 
heart driven. I, I will tell you exactly how I feel from my heart. No BS. I have to tell you the truth. I mean, that's my responsibility as the guide on this podcast. I must tell you the truth. So we'll say things about, are the people in your life the best from your past or the best for your future? Like, should you be hanging out with some of the people you went to high school with, with college with your friends? Are your friends actually helping you accomplish your goals? The episodes that really help people raise their awareness first and then give them the tactics to take with that new awareness. Those are the episodes that do the best. And that's the thing that we're really focused on. It's a heart driven, but no BS. That's, that's really our brand in a nutshell. And those are the episodes that do the best because it's in alignment. Awesome. Uh, so I have a question here that, that is, uh, you know, it's burning question for a lot of people. Mm. Um, and it, since you seem to be an expert in this area, I'm going to head, go ahead and ask it. How does someone find their purpose? Ah, oh, such a, it's such an interesting question. Okay. <laughs> this is my perspective. And I think it's a, a fairly unique perspective. I think Many people already understand what their purpose is. They do not understand what the vehicle to deliver that purpose is. So if you're looking for your purpose, say, say you're thinking, okay, I really want to know what my purpose is. How do I find it? I think you look more in your past than you do anywhere else. Odds are, if you are later in life, your purpose has probably already touched you in some way, shape or form. If you think about what people's purposes are, it's usually to help people or to help the world or improve the world or improve blank. I would ask, what is your deepest pain? What has been a trauma that you wish you didn't have to experience? What is one thing that is not talked about enough that you think should be? What is something that makes you so sad you cry when you think about it? What is something that makes you so excited when you think about it? Those are some questions to just get the ball rolling. But I think you have to look into your past and you have to think to yourself, okay, what are some common patterns that I've experienced? So for me, when I said I had never coached before, I actually have. I used to coach people on Snapchat. People would listen to the podcast and they would reach out and I would just say like, what are you going through? What can I help with? And I would just coach them for free and I didn't really think about it. I had partners that after we broke up, they would message me for relationship advice which was weird, but okay, that's interesting. I used to love doing, I used to play baseball. So in high school, we used to do these camps for the little kids. I used to love that. I used to love coaching the little kids. It was so awesome to be a role model for younger children. I also used to say, imagine if you could have a job on the radio where you just talked into a microphone for four hours a day. Like that would be the best thing ever of all time. Okay. And then connecting another dot, I always really resonated with the people in movies who stood up for people. Like they stuck up for people who were being taken advantage of. I used to love hockey, but I always loved the enforcer, the guy who would fight for the other members of his team. I always loved that. That always moved me emotionally. Why? So many of our audience, like I said, women or humans who identify as women, they've been taken advantage of physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually. I, as a, as, as a man who is willing to stand up for them, I take that personally. And I wanna be the person who stands up for them. And I wanna be the person who leads the charge. And I wanna be the person who helps them never let that happen again. All of that was already in my past. 
I just had to look in the past and say, let me connect some dots. And for me, podcasting is the vehicle. But I think this is what happens. You think to yourself, well, I want to help people stick up for themselves. Yeah, okay, cool. That'd be awesome. How the hell am I going to do that? And how am I going to make any money doing that? I think the purpose is buried very, very shallow. It's there. I think the vehicle is what people are stuck on because it doesn't seem realistic to start a podcast and quote unquote change the world or to start a company that picks up litter off the beaches and actually turns a profit. That, I think that's where people get stuck. I think we all know the impact more than we know the vehicle. So I would say, look in your past for your purpose. Really, really, really test out some, some different things to see what your vehicle might be. Yeah. And I think there are different ways it be, it gets revealed. For instance, during the pandemic and everything was shut down we weren't visiting each other for Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm -hmm. um, older people like my parents who were in their late seventies, early eighties, they didn't uh, have the setup to do zoom calls, um, video calls. They didn't quite get it and they didn't have the equipment or the internet ability at that point in time. So that kind of drove me to say, I want to help people in the second half of life to be able to set up a, a studio in their home, a computer with a camera and some lights and uh, some audio so that they are not cut off should this happen where they have to be in their home. Yeah. And it so happened that in March, uh, my mom had a stroke mm -hmm. and she's now confined to a wheelchair. And uh, I went out there to Arizona to be with them. And I told them one of the things that I'm going to need is I'm going to need a studio so I can continue to do my work. So we together, my brother and my uh, dad and, I set up so that they have now got high-speed internet. They have a computer with two monitors. They have camera, they have lights, and they have the audio and it's all set up. And I could do my shows there. I was there for the whole month of June and part of May. And when I left, I taught my dad how to do all of this, how to work with the equipment. And when my mom had to have video medical appointments, they knew how to do it. My brother came over the first couple times to make sure that they had it all set up and that they knew what they were doing and felt comfortable um, because they were a little nervous about it. But really, they had it. They had all the equipment. They had the knowledge. They had everything they needed in place. And that experience was so uh, fulfilling mm. because I could help my family, um, you know, just have that connectivity to the rest of the world yeah. that was missing during the pandemic. So yeah. I think, um, you know, our purpose can come to us in many ways. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you just have to make sure you're on the lookout for it. I think a lot of people go searching for it when there's a difference between searching for something and recognizing something. And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like I got to figure out my purpose this year. I got to just start, <laughs> start looking in your past and you might start to understand yourself at a deeper level. And maybe things will reveal themselves that never did before. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that fulfillment that comes to you from different places uh, that mm -hmm. you didn't expect or didn't even know because they were lying dormant. And then as soon as you 
you know, something happened to instigate that, that event, then yep. you see, oh, mm -hmm. well, gosh, I really need to help people in the second half of life mm -hmm. to get connected with the world, to be able to share their wisdom with mm -hmm. others. And, um, it's, it's been, it's been a lovely journey for us. I'm glad you um, found it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your uh, website and your free offer for people so that if they want to uh, work and reach out with to you, they can, uh, they can do that. Yeah. So when we created a free course, we didn't do what a lot of people do. That's like, we didn't think to ourselves, what's the easiest thing that we can create and give away for free. We said, what's the most valuable thing we can create and give away for free. So we sat down in our studio and we created a course, what it takes to get to the next level. And it's the five C's. If you think to yourself, what are the most important facets for self-improvement, growth, and success? Consistency. Obviously we're going to talk about that community, clarity, confidence and commitment. Those are the things that we talk about in this course, because from our experience, that's really what sets successful people apart. The people they surround themselves with, how clear they are, how committed they are. Do they have confidence when it comes to that? Right. And I think that many of us are looking for answers and we just have to sit down and check in with ourselves of, okay, what am I actually doing right now? And what is one small change I can make? So it's a course, for Alan and I in the studio, it's an hour and a half long. There's worksheets. You can download it. There's a bunch of stuff there and it's totally free. So it is a video course for you to take at your own pace, download it, and you can share it with your friends. I'm happy if you give it away too. Yeah. So what can people expect uh, that transformation to be by the time they finish this course? Yeah. One of the things we always talk about is by in the beginning of the course, we talk about clarity. So by the end of the first module, I want you to have a deeper understanding of yourself, what you're actually doing, why you're doing it, and what that all means to you. And then at the end, by the end of the course, hopefully you'll understand, okay, this is what I'm doing. These are the people I should surround myself with. This is what my consistency should look like. This is how committed I actually have to be. This is where I need to level up my confidence. So it very much is, we take you from an identity level awareness to a tactical awareness of what you got to do to get there. That is the goal. I'm going to put that link in the chat. I that appreciate will also you. be in the show notes. Put that there. Thank you. <laughs> if I know how to do that. Okay. <laughs> Boom. All right. Let's <laughs> see. Um, Let's um, start to bring it to a close, but I want to ask this question. What's the most powerful advice you can give to an early entrepreneur, somebody getting started? Uh, I would say focus. So two things. One, understand what your unique strength is. Two, understand where your biggest room for improvement is. A lot of us, I think, go into something and we try to convince ourselves that we're really good at something that we're not. And we don't take credit for something that we're really good at. So we got to the point where when we were really starting to build this business, and this was early, this happened pretty early. Alan and I had a conversation about who the CEO should be. And I said, you got to be the CEO. I don't, I'm, that's not me. I'm not the visionary. That's not who I am. If I become the CEO, I will wreck this whole thing. This whole company will crash and burn. But that was through the self-awareness and understanding that that's not my unique talent. 
I'm an operator. I'm good at getting stuff done behind the scenes. So if you're an entrepreneur, I would make a list of five things that you know are your unique strengths. And I would make a list of five things that are important improvement points for you to focus on and make sure you're either delegating or whatever you're doing to the strengths and to the weaknesses. But you got to know yourself. That's why I believe to your point, Shelly, in the beginning, we started with this. I think that's why so many podcasts fail because people think to themselves, well, I'm not consistent, but I'll figure it out. No, no, get a partner and you'll be more consistent. If you understand yourself, you can plan accordingly. So that's what I would say as an early entrepreneur, make sure you understand yourself and then build everything based on that understanding first. Excellent. Capitalize on your strengths and get a partner to fill in for your weaknesses. 100%. 100%. That's what I did too. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> There's no shame. There's no shame in that. That's just, that's right. It's being smart and using the people around you to, to make it a win-win. Yeah. I mean, as humans, we, we thrive in community. We thrive mm -hmm. in couples. We raise family, uh, you know, as a village and our children will turn out better if we do. So, mm -hmm. Uh, always look for help from your community where you need it. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And from us, you yes. know, reach yes. out to Kevin or Shelly. Yes. Kevin's my husband's name, so it kind of sounds funny to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great name. It's a yeah, great name. <laughs> absolutely. Is there any last um, advice you want to send out into the world today? The last thing I would say is uh, the, the biggest difference between who you are and what you have right now is and and who you want to be in the future is your habits so just make sure that you're doing a little bit every day to move the needle a little bit over a long enough period of time can really really add up it most likely won't happen overnight but can it can happen every night wonderful advice thank you so much kevin for being with us today and sharing your advice again uh your podcast is Next Level University. Next Level University, available on all major podcast platforms. Yep, and YouTube, you'd be proud on YouTube, YouTube as well. Excellent, all right. Well, that's all we have for today, and I hope that you will join us again next week. We'll have another wonderful guest, and Toby will be back. So um, yeah, uh, if you haven't yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button or follow the podcast. And uh, we also have a blog. So make sure that uh, you start checking in with us weekly. We have great content in all formats. And we will see you again next week. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0 hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please come back again next week.